what's happening, Val? Right. That was very podcast voice of you. I think so. I've been listening to more (laughs) podcasts, and this is the cadence of my voice. What if you just talk like that for one whole episode? I could do it. I think I would go crazy. I, I sat think... still for an entire episode. Wait, <laughs> you did. That's coming up soon. We, we the, yeah, yeah. For those who are not regular listeners, there was an episode where Chad made the mistake of wearing a really noisy jacket and it was going. Shh, 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 shh. Well, I could talk <laughs> in this tone, like these tones, Val, like old school radio Ooh, jockey. I don't know if I like uh, that. No, probably I don't not. like that. Yeah. Um, how's it going? It's good. It's going good. Yeah. Uh, we're finishing the year strong, having a great time I doing know. it. I know. It's quickly approaching. It very is. Quickly. But you know, speaking of quick, <laughs> that was a good segue. But I'm uh, we had a producer by the name of Chill come in today, and you know yeah. she produces Speed House. That's what she's known for, and she likes Formula One racing. I know, which is funny. Actually, we didn't even get to talk about the irony of her name being Chill and everything about right. her career is fast. Yeah, but she was awesome. I actually love both of us and Jose, who's our producer, invisible producer, had never met her before, which is funny because she's been making some noise in the scene and she's lived in LA for a couple of years. So it was it's actually really fun to like meet people for the first time and then also hear about their journeys and everything. She's a really unique one. She's yeah. from China, grew up there, moved over to Canada and then made her way down here for music. And her journey has not been linear in that way either. She started off with like a very normal uh, finance job, which is kind of crazy. So mm-hmm. very relatable, I would say. The whole thing. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of parts of her journey where I feel like a lot of our listeners and other guests that we've had similar, like trying the normal life and then going for music and look at her now. She's doing great. Totally. I think this uh, this episode has a lot of really interesting and fun anecdotes. Um, yeah, some crazy stories. Totally. <laughs> it just made us think about other things that have happened in our lives and Yes. Uh, it was a great convo. We hope you enjoy it. Chill. Chill. Coming up next. Anyways, hi, Chill. We're so Hello. excited to have hi. you. I'm yeah, really excited for to have you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Wait, yeah. you, just you? Just me, not Chad. Chad is <laughs> yeah, super unexcited Chad. to have you. That obviously. felt very like she felt very. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. I'm... No, but I'm also. I mean, we're gonna talk about so much stuff today, but specifically, I really wanted to ask you about racing because okay. obviously that is such a big nice, part yeah. of your identity brand, and your yeah. brand. You're right. wearing a jersey. Yeah. You know, you've got all the race car stuff, but uh-huh. it's like such a big time right now mm-hmm. for racing with yeah, F1. Are you into F1? I'm going. I'm super into F1. Okay, I'm a big F1 fan. Uh, I'm going to Vegas Grand Prix literally this week. Oh my it's god! Thursday. Yeah. yeah, I was I'm just there, there this weekend for all okay. the pre stuff, and it's okay. crazy nice. there already. You were so. there in Vegas. I was. I was wow. there briefly, but. Uh, I was there for another work thing. Okay. Um, Brown, unrelated like to no, 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 no. Oh. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. But okay. unrelated Secret. to F one yeah. stuff. But it's just so cool to see all the cars out oh, there. And yeah. I figured that you must be a fan. So yes. how long have yeah. you been a fan of F one? Uh for like a year and a half ish or two years. Okay. Ever since like the Netflix documentary came out, I got yep. hooked on it. I've and then I started going one. deeper and deeper into it. And I was like, wait a second. Like, first of all, this is such a cool industry. Like, I just never realized that yeah. this is like a legitimate sport. And it's so competitive and so Huge. much drama. Like, we're That's like, what everyone says about it. There's a ton of drama. There's so much drama. Which is yeah. funny because everyone kept telling me when F1 started getting really popular yeah. and the documentary started getting right. popular. They were like, you should watch it. You'll be so into it. Yeah, you love yeah. drama. Right. Like, the drama <laughs> part actually like, I do love so drama that has nothing to do right. with it. Right. And of course, the race, actual races, the adrenaline. And like yeah. energy, like the crowd and all the drivers, like you know, going against each yeah. other. Uh, anyway, like I, 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 I was gonna say, I love it when they go like bowling, <laughs> like like Wait, when they crash, like oh, when they go, like curse crash Ooh. into. Anyways, I shouldn't be saying that. No, I mean, but I it's think like people, fun. It's part of it. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah. it's fun to watch. Like the danger. Yeah. yeah, like they're all living life on the line, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got into it because of the Netflix documentary, and then. And then I, as I watched it more, I was like, oh, shit, like, there's a lot of, like, EDM dance music acts that perform with, like, mm. the Grand Prix, like, Martin Garrix, Tiesto, like, Kaigo. They all, like, perform a lot there. And I was like, oh, there is an overlap between dance music and racing. Yeah. Like, there is a small section of it where, yeah. you know, people, like, they're there's like probably common audiences and fans of both so i started to kind of and i was making this uh genre called speed house so right. i started making uh this connection between speed house and racing concept <laughs> into my brand 
Um, I wasn't doing that before. I was just one day it just kind of clicked for me. I was like, you know what? I'm a fan of both, and I'm doing kind of it watching one, making one. Like let's combine it together and see how it goes. Yeah. So I started kind of testing out these kind of putting racing concepts and uh, elements into like my cover art, my visualizers. You know, some kind of photo shoot that's like kind of conceptual, and it's starting to work pretty well. And people kind of get the connection, mm-hmm. and they're like associating with like. House with like racing and it's kind of the perfect combo because I feel like F1's obviously been having a moment for a while, mm, but then right. so has fast house music, music yeah. fast music right, and right. dance music too. Right. So here you are uniting <laughs> both of them. Right, right. The perfect yeah. moment. And I love it. Like I'm yeah. not like I guess like I'm not the only like car, I guess, brand like Joyride, for example, has been doing it for such a long time. Yeah. yeah. And his brand is so cool too. Uh and his is more like muscle cars. Like, right. you know, America, mm-hmm. like Jeeves and yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. It's, totally. It was just also so like very heavy and very cool. And mine is a little bit more like like sleek and smooth kind of racing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of kind of opportunities to be explored Definitely. in this So field. do you have a do you have a team that you're rooting for this week at mm-hmm. F1? Yes, I like McLaren a lot. Okay. Yeah, they're having a moment this year. Are they? They're doing great. I need to get more informed. That do you know anything about F1? It. Uh, yeah, I do actually. Oh, do you? Uh, nice. You're just sitting there silently. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was enjoying uh, the uh, dialogue. Um, I was visiting my best friend uh-huh. who lives in Seattle, and he and his wife uh, both are really into F1, okay. and they got into it because of the Netflix, Netflix show as yeah, well. And now their one and a half year old son is really into it. Oh, um, so we, are we were all sending him to like go karts. Well, stuff? so he he already <laughs> kind of at one and one years old wants to be a race car driver. Ooh, kind of. that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. You're like, wait, no, he I don't know. Yeah. Start, I guess you can start at like five, six years old, go karting first. Yeah, yeah, they, that, that's how they I, start. I, Bumper I, cars first. I yeah. wouldn't put it past them, but it was funny because he. Uh, one of the best drivers is like uh, Max, right? Mm. That guy. So he's like yeah. Max. You know, oh, he like knows he knows gosh. all the guys' names. He really knows. But one of the reasons why she likes it so much, in addition to the mm. drama, and I think the reason why it's so popular with female viewers is the dudes are hot. Uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty attractive. Yeah. They're pretty I was gonna say yeah. you're right. There are I know a lot of girls that are really into F1, like yeah. more than guys off the top of really? my head that are super into it. And yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah. Well, and like it was funny because we're all sitting around. Yeah, uh, all of funny. us were sitting around, and she was like showing me their Instagrams. Oh, and like yeah. if you didn't know that they drove cars, you'd mm. be like, these are just some Models. hunky European yeah, dudes. Yeah. For you know? sure, for sure. So, it's um, like the soccer effect. The soccer players are also very like global and like. Attractive, totally. yeah. and I feel like true. now that after this true. last World Cup, people were right. like really into yeah. soccer. But I think really that, yeah, and and but uh, going off that too, yeah, <laughs> I think it is um, good to have that imagery uh, mm-hmm. with. It's always good to have imagery associated with your music, mm-hmm. um, but sure. like you were saying, culturally because it is so European centric mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. there's already that embedded dance music thing mm, because true. they've kind of been into this stuff longer than we have. Yeah, dance music, uh, Americans, uh-huh. you know, dance music and, and racing and stuff. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's kind of you know the branding aspect of it and everything. Yeah. Uh, one day I hope to DJ at a Grand Prix. I mean, it's definitely possible. And I was going to say, in addition to that, like, I totally understand the connection because it is so global of a sport. Mm. And I feel like dance music has always had that play for it better than other genres out Mm. there where, like, it doesn't have to be lyric driven it doesn't have to be like you have to understand english like everybody loves dance music yeah they're visual like like the f1 is so visual yeah yeah or it's just like energy like Uh you're just like hearing the beat so like i understand why that connection is happening but Mm -hmm. um let's talk about like your origin story because i think i'm super excited to hear about you growing up you didn't grow up in the u.s or Mm -hmm. in canada you grew up in china so where in china did you grow up Uh, i am from dalian Liaoning, china Uh yeah yeah. i grew up in in like a what is it called like a seaside city in china and it's like in the north northern part of china very close to japan so a lot of like there's a lot of japanese immigrants and japanese like cultural influences um it's a small city very small like five million people which province is that it's Liaoning. Okay. Yeah, yeah, northern part, and it's very cold there. But I had a great time growing up in China. It was very different experience from when I came to America. Yeah, what was it like? Because yeah. I mean, you're. It's funny that you're like it's a small city. It's five yeah. million, five million people. people. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like in, in China, China terms, yeah, you're right, like, right. okay, China that's small. I guess right. some people. That's like a tiny city. Yeah, in, compared to like all these other huge cities in China. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was very fun. You know, very uh, very communist. <laughs> yeah, kidding. But it is. It no, was, it's true. Like. Uh, like, yeah. you know, like you're sitting in a classroom with everyone with the same 
uniform, same haircut, oh, yeah. same everything. Oh my like, gosh, can I girls? tell you? Because yeah. I'm Chinese also. Yeah. I was born in the U.S., but I did spend one summer going to school in oh, China because my mom yeah. really wanted me to become better at speaking okay. Chinese. Yeah. And the experience mm-hmm. was crazy to go oh. from like American school what to age? what you, I think I was, I want to say I was maybe like 12 okay. or something like that. Yeah. And it really was. It was like you wear the uniform. I The thing I remember the clearest was that I had to sit with my hands behind my back yep. and sit up really straight. Oh my Otherwise, God. the teacher would yell at me oh, and yeah. everyone had to do that. <laughs> wow. Were you like the only American? I was definitely the only American. <gasps> oh I had one friend I remember who was really nice to me and could speak English. Uh-huh. So they helped me like get through it because uh-huh. I was so bad at Chinese. Which city, which city was this? Uh, Beijing. That's okay. where my parents are oh. from. Yeah. Wow, your mom just did that. Your mom just threw you My mom was you like, into... you're going to figure it out. And I was wow. like, and it worked. My American accent did go away after that. Damn. Yeah. And your posture is pretty good. I, I think I it could be better, but maybe yeah. it's like the <laughs> yeah. trauma. Should we all better? You can all better posture from that. Yeah. <laughs> See, now all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh, wait, I get it. Well, right, my right. Chinese teacher used to make me do that as a joke, but she also thought I was a joke. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a kind of classes. Well, it's funny because we, I, uh, we went to my Chinese class in high school. We went yeah. to visit um, different cities in China, mm. and we went to Harbin mm, in the north. Okay. It's very pretty close. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. And so we also went did exchange. Went to a school, did a little exchange thing, uh-huh. and it was exactly what we were talking about. Like yeah. everyone was the same, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But it, we went on a free dress day. Uh-huh. Okay, which is I gotta tell you, this was a huge like culture day. No, no, <laughs> no. It was a Stop. huge cultural shock. <laughs> Everyone wore the same free dress. So, like, one class, they all showed up in the same Brazil jersey. So, like, even even when they had a (laughs) free dress day, there was no individualism. It was, like, the free dress was... Crazy. Uh, all that like coordinated, crazy. which I, I to me, it was, there's a lot of things I could say about that experience that were like amazing. Right. It was like yeah. eye opening. Yeah. But for yeah. you, what was, yeah. what was that like? Uh, very similar to what you described. But obviously, I, I had a great time growing yeah. up in China. I, I was a child and I had fun. Um, I did a lot of like extracurricular activities, you know, like did a lot of sports when I was growing up. Um, but school was very hard for me. Like, I, I feel like I'm a pr- pretty smart person academically. And it, I feel like it also showed when I came to America and Canada, like school was so easy, but I was like legitimately struggling hmm. in, in, especially in like middle school and a little bit of high school in China. Yeah. Like it was so hard. Like yeah. the math is insane. Like <laughs> well, I, it's yeah. not algebra. That's like, we're doing derivatives in like, like middle school. Level. Like, like yeah. and I was like, I couldn't like process it. Like, oh my gosh. It was, Which is funny so cause... it was kind of good that I like left and went to Canada. <laughs> And, like, you know, learn things, like, step by step and everything. I just remember, like, was it middle, like, end of middle school, like, everyone went home for the summer break. And I just did a lot of sports. I, like, I I did a lot of golf and tennis when I was growing up. Mm. Like, playing whatever. Like, I had a great summer. And I I come back. It's, like, uh, Chusan, which is, like, 12, like, what, 14, 15 years Mm old-ish. Yeah. Uh, Came back. And then the first day, we had chemistry class. And the teacher just started whipping out chemical equations. Like, just started, like, doing all these (laughs) chemical solves on the blackboard. And everyone was like, know the answer. And I was like, what is going on? That's like a nightmare. What's going on? Like, what are these things? Like, what's Like, what is going on? And turns out everyone else was studying in the summer. Like, everyone else, summer break was, (laughs) like, studying chemistry and physics to get up to speed when you hit hit the first day of school. Oh. <laughs> I was like playing sports. Like I missed the memo. I, yeah, I missed the memo. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Oh my like, gosh. It was it was pretty tough. Yeah. But school was tough. Yeah. But you know, everything else is great. Like I had a lot of great friends. You know, I still keep in contact with them. Yeah. My parents are in my hometown right now. Oh nice. They're having a great time also. Like my city is awesome. It's very clean and air is fresh and you know very safe. You can go around by yourself and not get into any trouble. Um, and it's pretty westernized too. So I, I had a great childhood, I would say, all in all. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, best of both worlds. What about yeah. it was westernized? Westernized, um, mm, like the mindset was pretty westernized. Like there's a lot of tourism. Mm. A lot of Japanese people immigrate there. There's all of mm. Japanese culture. Um, it's like a melting pot. Pretty open-minded, kinda. I feel like, about things in general. And people are very nice. It's because it's like a small city. So like it's pretty intimate. If you go up to anyone, like they'll have a conversation with you. Like, hmm. They'll just talk about random stuff. Like it, 
people to people, it feels pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. were any of the extracurriculars that you did music related back when you were a kid? Mm, I played a lot of piano. Okay. I did the testing the classic, thing too. The yeah. classic Asian instrument. Right, right. Yeah. Like I, 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 I was very good at playing piano, but I never studied music theory, which was okay. wild when I first like came to Icon. And then we were studying music theory. I was like, oh my God, what like what the hell? Like I've never <laughs> like I've never studied music theory. I, I know that I like I know the keys and the minor and major, but like never learned like about the dominant seven, like major seven minus. Mm. Like I was like, I should have learned this. Like it would have made my experience way easier yeah. to right. process and to like interpret all yeah. these pieces, right? We were just doing like pure memorization. Yeah. Like this piece, you learn this and learn this a thousand times and then you're good at performing it. But you don't really know like what's the theory behind it, right? But I so, feel I, I feel like in that situation, it's a, and it's the case a lot with um, producers and DJs. Mm-hmm. But like when you have an ear, mm-hmm. like you probably have a great ear. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes, like yeah, I wasn't trained in music theory, but when it comes to DJing, like I have a pretty solid ear. Yeah. Um. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. that's it's better to have that and then learn the music mm-hmm. theory stuff mm-hmm. later on than never having like a good that's like, true natural sense. That's very like important to have a good ear for it and make yeah. sure the mixes are sounding right yeah. and everything makes sense like matching and everything well i did yeah. i never mixed in key before and oh. um i also started like that too i really? was like oh i forgot i didn't realize and someone oh. was like you should do that yeah oh, that's so funny. I, yeah all these years i had never been mixing in key and then when um jose had actually helped me get familiar with how to mix in key and where it's all oh. li- and then i was like oh i've been mixing in key all these years oh. Because I just I could just okay. hear it, yeah. you just hear it, yeah. Right. So like um, this makes sense. That doesn't make sense key mm-hmm. wise. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. I, I think that in, mm-hmm. for music production, obviously, in in a lot of areas, music theory is important mm-hmm. just to get mm-hmm. that those brass tacks down. But yeah. I'm sure right. just on your own, you had a really good sense. You know when you started. Right. I think I have a good ear for it. Yeah. 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 So it, it helped. You know, playing the piano and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it, it's always helpful to have like that base level of understanding so then it sounds like you had like a pretty normal childhood Mm. until you were around 15 and then you moved to Canada was that what like drove that decision Mm, my parents wanted kind of more opportunities Mm -hmm. kind of and also um like a little bit of individualism yeah right like uh they are pretty westernized Mm. growing up like they watch a lot of uh, American movies and film and tv and they actually made me watch a lot of uh, American shows growing up to en- learn English. Oh, so nice. I, I watched like all of Friends like multiple times. I was times. the first thing I was going to yeah. say is did you watch Friends? Because yeah. that seems yep. to be like right, a, the yeah. a common show. thread. Yeah, I yeah. watched yeah. all of iCarly <laughs> and Friends. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Don't know how we got access to iCarly. Hey, my mom did yeah. the same thing when she was learning English. It was a different generation but she watched the sitcom Three's Company and she was like oh, yeah. that's how I learned yeah, how to speak yeah. English. Right. So I watched a lot of Friends yeah. and then uh, I named myself Rachel because oh, I love Jennifer Aniston so much. Oh my god, that's I awesome. Her. Yeah, that's I love cute. her so that's much. Awesome. Just like my idol growing up. Uh learned English a lot through that way. Uh and then from watching it, I was just like, my dream is to go to New York City and live with five people. Like that's my dream. <laughs> no, like, no more, no less. Yeah. Just five. yeah. yeah. Sit yeah. on a couch apartment. all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that exactly. was like my dream growing up. Yeah. Uh, so my goal was like to get into a university in uh, New York City. Like yeah. from that like influence. Uh, but yeah, like they sent me to uh, Canada for like better education. They eventually wanted me to, you know, go to University of America. That was kind of the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And just like have a little bit less stress of a life mm-hmm. in, in general. Like, you know, do you know what like, Gao Kao, the university examination yes. in China? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so tough. I feel like all my friends so who went through hard. it was like depressed. Like it was, yeah. Well, so much of your life is dependent on your performance. Your score. Yeah. Like yeah. literally it's just literally the score. literally comes down to the one right. score. Yeah. 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 Like, and then it determines so much of the rest of your life and your career and everything. Yeah. It was so much pressure. But my parents were just like, nah, you're not doing that. Like you're, you're going to go to <laughs> Canada nice. and have fun. Yeah. That's a really nice. Yeah. yeah honestly, great. they were great. They were great. <laughs> I'm really glad they made that decision for me. Yeah. Um, so I went to Canada for high school in Vancouver. Uh, I had had a great time there. It was a kind of a good transition because I also had a lot of Asian friends in Vancouver and mm-hmm. who spoke Chinese also. So I just had a mix of Chinese and English mm-hmm. it, and then eventually got into a university in um, in New York and 
moved there and was living my friend's dream yeah. for a few years. But you realize <laughs> yeah. no matter how many people at your age you could get living together, you can never have an apartment as nice as theirs. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> no, way. yeah no way. <laughs> no way. No way. Near Central Park or something? Yeah. No way. No way. That's like $10,000. That's, a dream. That's yeah. a dream, really. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. So what was it like living in New York? Obviously, it was your Yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I was there for almost like seven years. I was wow. there for university for four years and then two years of uh working there mm-hmm. um it was very energetic I, we had something to, to do every single weekend a lot of partying that's when i first got into dance music too it was like clubbing in new york city mm. yeah. where were you going like pasha or uh, like uh, webster hall marquee, marquee. <laughs> like lava <laughs> fake id oh like, yeah you were, you were really uh, clubbing <laughs> yeah we we're like clubbing clubbing yeah a lot of uh like uh Columbia, Columbia is where I went. Columbia and mm-hmm. NYU kids like okay. just went clubbing like, yeah, yeah, over yeah. the weekend because yeah. I feel like that was just big part of the campus culture too. Yeah. So yeah. I, what what kind of sparked your love for getting into like what mm-hmm. what what made you want to try DJing mm-hmm. yourself? Or? Right. Yeah. I think the club culture definitely mattered a lot. You know, even though I wasn't super like aware of it in the beginning, like we were just out to have fun and party, like. That was more like kind of more like little by little kind of ingrained in my mind that like dance music is so fun. It's so energetic. Like it's always kind of a great time. Um, and back then it was a lot of like big room DJs that were DJing in New York City. Like Nicky Romero, Afrojack, like David Guetta. Like they would always go and, you know, DJ at one of the clubs. So I first got exposed to like kind of big room, I think, in the beginning. And then, you know, as I like, you know, study a little bit more and listen to it a bit more like just i just got more and more obsessed with it um and i really liked avici you know r.i.p avici but i really like like i was like obsessed with his music why is it so good like this is crazy how does he bring so much energy and happiness to people around the world you know um and create so many memories for people yeah with the music so it's a very magical thing and i'm I was very obsessed with it. I, but I like I would just like listen to it when I was working out, when I was showering, when I'm like going home, walking. Like listen to it twenty four seven. But I didn't get into DJing until like much later. I started working in finance first, mm-hmm. and then the second year of finance, I was like, I need like a hobby. Like I need something to do <laughs> like outside of this boring job. Not boring. I got this very stressful job. So I picked up DJing randomly. Like huh. I just, there were people offering DJ classes nice. in New York City, so I just took some classes for fun, and then started taking classes. Uh, and then some uh, a club in New York City called Mission. It's like an Asian club, um, and <laughs> Asian centric club. Yeah, they were like they were kind of good friends of my friends, so they gave me some opportunities to like close uh, for cool. some DJs there. Nice. So I tried a couple times. I like, really like fell in love with it. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I really don't enjoy this finance life. Like, I, I need to start DJing. Like, I'm new. Like, um, dance music is just like, that was the thing. Like, that was just my passion. And I just couldn't see myself doing anything else besides yeah. dance music related job. Right. Uh, whether it's like, you know, on the business side or on the, you know, on the producing side or DJing side. So I like quit my job <laughs> in finance after two years. And then I was like, let me give this DJ thing a try. Wow. So was it like it that goes. immediate for you? Like you really realized you were like, I'm going to jump all in. To yeah, DJing. it took like a year or so of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also learning to produce at the same time. Okay. And it was just so fun. I was like, I can do this all day, every single day. I could do this forever. <laughs> Yeah. I would probably do this for the rest of my life and not be bored of it. And there was just not enough time to explore it. Like, because I was working from, like, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day. Oh, and, I, yeah, it was really tough. And over the weekend, I was so tired also. But any time, any chance I could, I would be learning on YouTube or, you know, trying different kinds of, making different kinds of music myself. Um, there was just not enough time. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Like, I, I think I should try this full time and see where it goes. Wow. So uh, so I quit my finance job. It was really, really helpful because I didn't really spend money over the two years. I saved up a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'm going to be fine for like a year or two without a job. So let's just see how it wh- yeah. where this goes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. And then uh, was just kind of 
like screwing around for like six months, like trying to produce and DJ at the same time. And then after a while, I was like, okay, there's no direction here. Like, I need to get better at, pro- like, I, I need to seriously get better at producing. Like, why are these songs so much better than my songs that I learned mm-hmm. by myself? Like, what is, like, what am I missing? And I, like, looked around and I was like, I need to go to a program to get better. Nice. So I was looking around and found Icon. Yep. And it's one year. It's perfect. It's, like, relatively short. Not, like, huge commitment. So I was like, I'm going to go to Icon. Yeah. So I moved to LA for here for Icon. Wow. Yeah. So, so cool. I mean, it sounds like you were already at least, like, making songs. Mm. It just felt like probably you didn't have the finesse that you were looking for. Right. So what do you feel and like? At the end of the day, it turns out it was just mix and mastering. Honestly, in yeah. my opinion, like at the end of the day, like why it doesn't sound as good was mixing. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. that's, that's what it comes down honestly, to. Honestly, yeah, yeah, mostly it was mixing. <laughs> so you know, like I you were almost me there. So much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Because I think if the idea was good, it would be a good song. Mm-hmm. But like how you get to the very pristine and crisp and you know unique sound designs, so much of it is just tweaking and mixing. Mm. Um, but so what yeah. were some of the things that Icon helped you with when you were part mm. of the program? Yeah, so much, honestly. Like sound design, there was a whole class for it that was amazing to really understand every single button on Serum. Yeah. Um, I didn't didn't really do that by myself. I was just relying on presets. Um, mix and mastering, of course. We had like almost like a whole year of mix and mastering. And songwriting, arrangement, um, and uh, and honestly, to me, like the most important thing was like branding. Um, Icon had a branding and marketing class that was really helpful. Also, mm. uh, one of my mentors, like even to this day, like taught that class, and it kind of gave me a lot, a lot of like light bulbs, like in my career. I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. Like, I should do this. Like, like different ways of marketing things. Like, uh, I forgot the details, but it was a very useful class mm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's so awesome. So overall, very great program. I yeah. highly recommend. Kind of all across the board, honestly, yeah. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So were you making like Avicii-style big room house when you oh, were yeah. kind of like just starting? Yeah, yeah. Cause at what, I'm curious at what point it like yeah. went from that right. being your influence to like right, speed right, house. Right, right, <laughs> I, I made a lot of uh, big room and progressive house. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I'm sure, I yeah. still love it, of course. Um, but definitely do. very Avicii. Well, <laughs> we is a strong. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Chad. What, did, no. what genre did you start listening to then? Trap. Oh, no, I'm old. I'm tra- I'm seasoned. Okay. Uh, well, Valerie. Seasoned. Yeah. Well seasoned. We don't like say we're steak. old anymore. We say we're seasoned. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yes. No. Well, so Valerie and and you have a lot in common, and that was your entry uh-huh. point Same for era. for me. Okay. I was like more into like. You know, I was into like the French guys. It, I was into the French guys, but I was into like indie rock and like underground hip hop, oh. and electronic music that uh-huh. we listened to was like an offshoot of hip hop or electro oh, or okay. or rock. Uh-huh. And then when mm. in 2007 when and I want to talk to you about cuz you mm. work with Steve Aoki, but mm. Steve Aoki was the biggest DJ in LA mm. in the indie electronic oh. scene. Oh, and okay. he was responsible for putting on a band called Block Party oh, and they were yeah. really really big um at the time. <clears throat> so that was where the crossover happened oh, between uh like electronic music and rock. So Steve Aoki uh-huh. was one of the very big influences in my life at wow. that time. Yeah, yeah. that's hugely important for LA too. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that was a big, big deal. He that was the first deal. time like him and and this other guy DJM. They were the guys uh-huh. that yeah, when yeah. I saw them, I was like, uh-huh. oh, like you can DJ uh-huh. anything uh-huh. together, uh-huh. you know. And and wow. um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of. I wanted to go back to what you were saying about mm. working in this kind of kind of. A hard mm-hmm. uh, eighty-hour work week kind oh, yeah. of life, and yeah, yeah. Um, having that kind of lifestyle, and then counterbalancing it with something mm. that gives you like creative, meaning. Yeah. yeah, for sure. How did it? How did you make that connection to go from something just to kind of give you a little bit more diversity in your life, or uh-huh. like give having that outlet uh-huh. to then being like, I actually want to go for this thing. Mm, right. Yeah. It was a pretty natural decision because I do feel like actually now that I think about it I think it's because the job was so intense like it was just so if I had a normal like nine to five job I probably would not have made like a full-time music switch I probably Mm. would have still did the music thing as a hobby yeah I think but because the job was so draining and so stressful and depressing it was so (laughs) much politics and I was having migraines like every other day Mm. like Towards the end of year two, like there's a bottle of 
Advil on my table. I like mm. ate the whole, like almost like the whole bottle of Advil. Oh my, oh my god! And that was like, I, I look at, it, I was like, this is not okay. Like this is not good for a twenty-two year old. Yeah. Like, the the kind of yeah. lifestyle that I I was living. I was on Wall Street. I was working at Morgan Stanley, the capital markets division. Oh it was like a trading floor. Yeah. People are yelling at each other all the time. I had two phones, three screens, like yeah. Bloomberg trade, like it's like the Wolf of all, Wall Street. Yeah, style. literally also, that like, style except the fun. There's no fun. <laughs> well, it was just I, stress. I, I was curious, like, like did a lot of the finance bros that you were mm-hmm. around, didn't they like? party pretty hard to be honest yeah some of them party super hard because i heard that they yeah. like they party yeah, they, yeah. They but play like, as hard as it, it's like so different though isn't it like the way that like those kind of i want like those men party versus like how you right. it sounds like you and your friends were like <laughs> out clubbing having fun I kind feel like, of yeah I that was uh, cl- the clubbing having fun was more actually college like after okay, i started yeah, working yeah, yeah. yeah occasionally we would but the the, the bros were drinking a lot yeah like, there was a yeah. lot yeah i mean i don't know specifically they were doing but yeah, like, you're like i wasn't there so. yeah, i wasn't really there because i was so tired yeah every day but there were a lot of partying for sure yeah because uh, i met people that were in a similar position as you yeah. as a woman in that in yeah. that the culture mm-hmm. where like they felt like they had to go out and like drink as oh, hard yeah. as like the dudes right right yeah, yeah. but um, i got like i have a kind of a not like funny story but kind of sad story like I'm allergic to alcohol. Same. And same. Yeah, you're allergic. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Allergic. Soul sisters we're over here. Soul sisters. <laughs> yeah, we're the same. Yeah. Literally. I'm very allergic. I'm like deathly allergic. Uh. If I drink, I will get red all over my body. Itchy, super mm-hmm. itchy everywhere. Like headache, massive headache. Like yes. pass out. Like just all these bad things. Like it's terrible happening at the same time. So like <laughs> I never liked drinking and. I never fully realized that I'm allergic. Uh, but when I was in banking, all these people were just hazing me. Like, they would put us mm. into rooms and just haze us to drink. Oh, and, like, gosh. you know, it's like we're doing, like, the beer thing where, like, someone have to start with the pitcher of beer and you pass it. And you have to finish it by the last person. So everyone's drinking, drinking. Oh. And like, people are yelling at you, like, like, like you're not drinking like, enough. You know, swearing or whatever. Yeah, it was just, like, that kind of culture. And taking shots and and every single time i would tell them i'm like hey guys like i'm not comfortable with this i'm allergic and they're like no you're not allergic you're fine like just drink like wow. you're not allergic oh yeah it's just that kind of culture. i mean it really is like a frat extension. oh it's a super frat yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A super, and the girls and the guys like, they're like all kind of like that and i was just so uncomfortable it was like you know this is terrible no it's like, not I need to that, get out that's here. really like <laughs> uh, that's really unfortunate um yeah. I think we're like all revisiting like the way that like hazing is like in a lot of different institutions. Right. But yeah. it is it is what I've recognized uh, wherever I've worked, whether mm-hmm. it be in retail or at a movie yeah. theater or here in this industry. A lot of people like to take the interpersonal dynamics of mm. either high school or college and uh-huh. apply it to their work mm. environment. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. there's something about the way that people are like in cliques or there's drama mm. or there's relationships yeah. and like this kind of stuff where, yeah. you know, you can see that. It's like, this is kind of the same as it was uh, on, like, my floor uh, in college, oh, yeah. but we all work together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that is interesting that True. That, that, that was that kind of Yeah, like the power, power dynamic. Yeah, of power course, dynamic it's not, like, with every single department within every single, like, Wall Street bank, but my division was kind of like that. just the younger people like it yeah. was kind of like that the older people are there like all have family and home they're like going they're home like, after. yeah yeah like you guys do your thing like, yeah so I'm, I'm curious though because yeah. you were working this uh yeah. very you know like a high earning job i'm assuming mm-hmm. and and demanding and sounds like a job that a lot of asian parents would be happy oh, yeah. that their kid was <laughs> yeah. having you know, yeah my parents were so happy i was like suffering crying every day <laughs> my parents like so proud of you oh, like that's great like telling <laughs> everyone like my daughter works yep. at Mor- morgan Stanley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah well they were, they were happy like i mean just, i can't lie they were they were happy that i was working yeah fine. But what did they, how happened did they, yeah, yeah how did they yeah. feel when you dropped <laughs> that bomb they were them? we almost like for a long time we were just like beefing after i quit yeah, yeah. this is the exact <laughs> This is a very similar experience that some yeah. of our Asian yeah. uh, guests have had with their parents when mm-hmm. they made that switch. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Very. It's very similar. Uh, they're not happy. They probably they just thought you were crazy. They're like, what yeah. Do you <laughs> and they were like, they thought I was gonna be like a DJ where I'm like a resident at a club, so I'm mm. always like at a club situation. So they thought it was not cool. Like they just imagined DJ as like you're living in a club all the time right. and mm. in the club there's bad people right. <laughs> like, which is totally valid yeah, because, yeah. Like, a valid concern right, right. Well, you gotta imagine at the time especially <laughs> that's true you know, yeah like it, it's yeah. changed a little bit but i even still think that most people don't know 
like that you can have an actual career. Right, right. Yeah, they just right. think of a DJ. Also, I would say as, that layman doesn't DJ. know the difference yeah. between a DJ and a producer. Right, even. right. They're just like, oh, that person plays music somewhere. And you're like, yeah. yeah, I guess. Well, I think that because like Vegas is the biggest, um, you know, entry for people to see what DJing is mm-hmm. like, they as- associate stuff like Vegas with mm-hmm. like that's DJing. You know, yeah, true. because I, I. It's just that you wouldn't expect anyone else to know about mm-hmm. that. You could tour yeah. and people would come to see you play That's your true. music. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And like 99% of the time you're at home <laughs> making music. <laughs> like there's 1% of the time you're actually like out DJ, you know? Yeah. That's true. Uh, That's yeah. Fair. But, you know, they were not happy. They kept telling me like, you should, why don't you try insurance job? Why don't you try like the accounting? Like, why don't you try like yeah. this? Like do a nine to five and do this as a hobby. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Like, like I can't. can't yeah. That. that lasted for like two years years-ish. Yeah. And wow. I, yeah. And then I went to Icon. They're like, you know, they like shut up a little bit. They're like, okay, <laughs> like school? school. Okay. Like, yeah, school. Some sort of school. <laughs> right. Yep. Some sort of school. Uh, but now they're better. Now they're supportive. They they get it now. They get like most of the time I'm actually just at home making music. Like, totally. Like the DJing part is very small portion of it. Um, what were some of the things that started to happen for you that kind of started to change their mm, opinion of, of this? Um... Probably, I, honestly, just like how hard I worked, I think they could see that and how in how into producing I was. Like every time they see me, or if I spend some time at home, I'm just like on my computer, like messing around, like doing like sound design serum all day. Like, and they're just like, oh, like I guess like this is what you do most of the time. Like, this, like they were like, this is kind of like engineering, like what you're doing is kind like the, like, the yes. buttons and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like audio engineering. Like I'm not like at that level, but it's similar. Yeah, you know. So they kind of started to have different perception. Of well, that's kind of like what producer. you're going to school for, right? Because totally. if half of it is is turning knobs to yeah. get it to where you needs to go, exactly. You're it's like audio that. engineering, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. So they started to understand it a little bit better, and that's they're cool. like, okay, like. I guess this is kind of like a nerdy job. Like this is not what I. <laughs> You're like it is was, very nerdy. Yeah, actually, like, when they it comes think I'll be partying it. all day. I'm like not. <laughs> yeah. It takes it takes time. It takes time for the for parents to understand, especially in this world. I mm-hmm. did your mom parent mom or parents? Oh, I think know? my mom still has no idea clearly like what I do. Yeah, <laughs> like she knows that I work in music. She's known mm-hmm. that for a long time, yeah. and like I started in writing, yeah. so she understood that part of it. But you know, she's always like. The concerts, the raves, you know, she yeah. doesn't know what raves are. It's just uh-huh. all concerts. To oh, her all concerts. Yeah. So, yeah. But she, I will say that I think she was much more open minded than like traditional yeah. Asian or Chinese right, parents right. are. Right. Because she also, and I think that's just something that like runs through immigrant parents that, you know, leaving your home country to go somewhere mm. else is yeah. like a, a huge step. Mm. It's not necessarily like a, creative pursuit in the mm-hmm. way that like you pursued music or I pursued like a music industry job but it does take someone who's like okay you're gonna go off the beaten path and like mm-hmm. do something different so right. I think they do appreciate that deep down even though they're just afraid yeah. that you're like gonna mm-hmm. be poor right or something. Well, absolutely like, you immigrated to take you already exactly. took a huge risk exactly right? yeah yeah like yeah. you should let your kids take some risk also yeah. yeah so I do feel like my mom knew that deep down so she mm-hmm. was always more open of That's like good. as long as you can yeah. like make it work and like and she trusted me that like I would be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And after she saw a while, but uh-huh. yeah, I think nice. they, I think they're a little more uh-huh. supportive in that's that good. way. That's yeah. good. That's good. I thought of like a funny meme I saw the other day. It's like Asian <laughs> parents will force you to play piano like forever, twenty four seven, but becoming an actual pianist, nah, like, <laughs> that's not it. That is <laughs> like, true. Yeah, it's true. Right. Like, totally. What the heck? Like, what well, were all those yeah, hours right. spent? For? Exactly. Like, what, just just why sit, in the living room? Why and did play I study piano? piano so much? Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So you know. Because uh, we were talking about Steve Aoki, uh-huh. so you started releasing with Dimock, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And then and Steve, I've seen him throw a cake at you. Oh yeah. So that clearly means that he has anointed you <laughs> as <been> inducted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a different kind of uh, induction. That's yeah. a that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. that's a wholesome hazing. Yeah, that's a wholesome hazing. Yeah. 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 So okay. what is what's yeah. Steve been like, and what has that kind of relationship been like for for you at this point in your career? Uh, it's a it's a developing relationship. I'm gonna see him soon in Vegas, actually this week. Um, but he's a very busy guy, so we, yeah. I don't. Yeah. actually get that much chance to talk to him a totally. lot and every time i see him in the green room there's like thirty thousand, no, 30 people like still also <laughs> maybe trying 30, to, yeah maybe yeah, yeah like thirty thousand people in total trying yeah. to talk to him at the same time yeah. uh but the few times i interacted with him he's very nice and he's he's very genuine person actually a little bit more serious than i thought a little, very like business oriented i feel like yeah. um and i think the biggest takeaway i have from him is just 
to be a very hardworking person and to be very disciplined about everything, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a very good thing to have when you're like a touring musician and DJ. Um, I think that part is very inspiring to me. Yeah. Like you work, like you already have so much money, but you're still touring nonstop yeah. and doing all these business things, still growing every aspect of your still career. Still excited about new yeah, things. Still learning new things, mm-hmm. trying new genres, working with new people. Like that drive is insane to me. Yeah. He's always <clears throat> struck me as kind of a Snoop Dogg type. You know, mm-hmm. it's like someone who really like already leveled up to the highest level mm-hmm. of music mm-hmm. and then became very much like a business person Mm -hmm. and is always now thinking about new opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think another really cool part is that he's always with the label Mm -hmm. and the parties and everything. He's always made an effort to like bring up new Mm -hmm. talent. Like that's always been a part of Dimock and like his legacy as well. Even though it's like he's, you know, he's huge and whatever, but he's always like making some time to bring up new artists. Giving new artists opportunities. Because I I think that I've poked fun at him before on this show too about, (laughs) You know, times in our career where um, I think he was one of the poster children for this like EDM Mm -hmm. silliness or like the excess Mm -hmm. of, you know, but without him, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there's a very foundational piece of our industry that won't exist if Mm -hmm. he wasn't true, if he hadn't been there. That's true. And like, you know, even if like. I kind of stopped listening to some of his music as I got older. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just recalling like mm-hmm. going back and seeing him play in LA and uh-huh. seeing a half Japanese guy up oh, there. Yeah. For me, it was like really right. important. And I, sure. I honestly firmly believe that if it weren't for Steve Aoki and mm-hmm. me not seeing that representation, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't do what I do. Oh, so, oh my God. Yeah, I have to give that. him credit on yeah, that because Steve. that's great. I do, I do have to yeah. give him credit. I, I was looking at a photo of myself DJing like a house party uh, in like 2010. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it had these big blue Dimock. What, Remember <laughs> WESC? We, yes. Yeah. 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 These big, like just very 2000s. Wow. But um, oh my God. yeah, I mean, he he's a cultural icon, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Totally. I, I totally. think you can safely yeah. say that. If he yeah. inspired you, he probably inspired thousands of other people. And that's the other thing. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Dance music. Absolutely. As easy yeah. as it is to like laugh at some of the antics and things, I think it's just one, like what you were saying about like marketing and understanding mm-hmm. a brand. Mm-hmm. I feel right. like he is one of the people oh, totally. that understood that yeah, hair. first. Yeah, yeah. especially in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his logo and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I think he really, it's always easy to like laugh at the people that do it like so intensely or like go really to the next level mm-hmm. in that way. But mm-hmm. I feel like honestly, he was one of the first of that like mm-hmm. era, the EDM era that really understood it and like grabbed onto it mm-hmm. and was like, this is who I right. am. You're going right. to know me for the hair. You're going right. to know me for the cake. Yeah. You're going to know right. all the things about right. me. Right. You know? Yeah. So. And he got so good at throwing he cake. Got, like, he got, yeah, dude, the it is best. like a science. I've heard it's there the actually best. is a whole science to it. One day, hopefully we'll have. <laughs> well, we'll his have group was called weird science. So, you know, it's, it's, well, I think it's like these three C's, right? You start out like he did. It was like culture. Like he was, yeah. he started out in Santa Barbara True. as a DJ. He was a person of the culture. Literally, sure. he was. Yeah. He started Dimock to represent bands, you know. Mm. So like, and he he really cut his teeth on this mm. LA nightlife scene and came wow. up that way. He was mm. all about culture. Yeah. And then you know some of the things happen commercially. You start mm. seeing him in commercials. You start oh. seeing him doing songs with Lil John, and mm. I think that's important. But now I think he's shown us how to have a career. Mm. And I think those are like the three C's, you know, mm. where it's like in this particular field that we're in Mm -hmm. they're all vital parts yeah i think what you're saying about he's telling you that having that never stop mentality and all of this Mm -hmm. will actually lead to a career Mm -hmm. and i think for young people it's it's hard to think about things in a career Mm -hmm. context Uh, right uh. because i think we always want to focus on like the here and now Uh, or like how you know but but i think that's always good to have that in the background you don't have to like worry about it too much Uh but yeah yeah right right I, i i get what you're saying yeah like yeah. it's all, almost like looking at like a longer path and picture and how to build like a consistent thing that survives over time. Yeah. Right. Not a lot of people are, not a lot of DJs are able to do it. Right. And it's so many different aspects of it too. Mm-hmm. It's, then it's just not, it's not the music any Like, of course it is the music as a center, but then there's so many other things that you have to add on to it to make it like a sustainable career. Totally. And he's one of the best persons to kind of reference for that, I think. Yeah. Um, but I get what you're saying, where like a lot, there's a lot of artists who kind of focus on like now, like, but then a lot of times you got to think about how will this last over time and your decisions right now, like how, how would that pan out, right? Like everything, like everything should be very thoughtful. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It's like, 
kind of like seeing a lot of people touring and just drinking so much every single mm. show. I'm just like, dude, like you're not gonna last. Like if you drink like this every single, you know, you gotta kind of treat it as a job sometimes. Well, yeah, especially because you know? you've experienced burnout right. with your previous right, job. Right. Like you know what it's like to like kind of hit rock bottom and mm-hmm. be like, okay, not that that was you know something that was even sustaining you in the mm-hmm. first place, but you know how it feels to like mm-hmm. hit that point. Um, but before Steve Aoki and everything in mm-hmm. Denmark, mm-hmm. what were some of the big milestones that you started mm-hmm. to hit as chill? Like mm-hmm. when did the name and artist kind of persona of chill uh, appear uh-huh. for you? Uh, I started doing chill while I was at Icon. I was releasing some music while I was at Icon and one of them actually went viral on like Douyin and TikTok. So nice. Oh, really? So, so in random. China specifically? Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, Douyin is like Chinese, Chinese TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. yeah, first started going viral on Douyin uh, and it was cool. like over three months, there was like 300,000 videos generated with Whoa. it. Just so naturally. what song was it? It was called, it was it's not a great song. I don't <laughs> like it. Like I made it an icon. Okay. It was so simple. Early song. Early song. Very okay, we early song. Yeah, yeah, it's an idea. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> early and ID. it was like bass house too. It's super simple. I took a splice sample and just add bass line to it. Yeah. But it's very catchy. It's a very catchy song. So I think that's why it went viral. I released it with a Chinese label. Um, oh wow. And, yeah. And then they didn't really do marketing. It just, yeah. And then but this happened while I was at Icon. I was like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, yeah. what, like what, what, what I even do? So, like, there was nothing that really came out of it. Like, Interesting. Yeah, it was just, like, a chapter that was really random. But that was, like, maybe my biggest, like, viral moment ever in my wow. career. That so happened at Icon. Yeah, that's yeah. super interesting. Never be able to do it again. My manager is <laughs> trying so hard to make, like, a song viral. I'm like, bro, that already happened. You're like, the magic already hit. So, at least yeah. she got that out of the way. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Maybe nothing come back Because was yeah. there any ever, I mean, obviously, you were already or still in school so you were committed to that but yeah that's an interesting thing where it goes viral on douyin and yeah. you're obviously from china so right. did you ever think about oh do i need to go back to china and oh like do God, some yeah. performances <laughs> or make my yeah. way back to china and this is also there? kind of a funny story I, I i think i've only told it on my tiktok back in the day and then i deleted it but <laughs> this is like so <laughs> random it's a very long story exclusive well, yeah exclusive free wheel <laughs> uh I, yeah, and it actually relates to something that happened recently too. Uh, but I'm Great. just gonna be a little bit petty and talk about the whole thing. Sure. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get go petty. Let's, let's get petty. Take the glasses yeah, off. Yeah, the glasses are off. <laughs> She's getting get ready. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive story. Basically, that song went viral, and I was working with a Chinese manager on the label side. Like uh-huh. he was managing me, uh, and he was like, "You need to come back to China and tour. Like I can get you tour. Blah blah blah. Like." Right. Uh, and then this is during COVID, and I was an icon and i was like okay i'm down to tour like let me (laughs) let me uh let me finish icon and then immediately i'm gonna go back to china and tour Mm -hmm. and this is like a management slash label company in china and they're pretty big like they have a lot of big pop stars but they're expanding their edm division Mm -hmm. so i was so excited and then after i graduated icon i told all my classmates i'm like (laughs) guys i'm gonna go yeah. tour in china like, <laughs> yeah you're i'm you set yeah. yeah i'm good like like you guys are you know doing whatever i'm gonna go tour in china <laughs> oh no oh no and then yeah oh no and then so i believed him and then i went back and i quarantined in the hotel room by myself for three weeks 21 yeah. days Whoa. in a in a very so shitty long. little hotel room mm-hmm. i like go crazy like I literally go crazy, insane. Yeah, I thought I would be producing. I couldn't because I was so like no stress. Like yeah. I was, this is like all I'm staring is like a wall. I couldn't even produce music. I was just like, playing video games like twenty one for twenty one days. Oh I come gosh. out and I go to this random city that the label is based in, <clears throat> and I meet my manager, ex manager, for the first time. And then I meet him, and he's like nice and whatever. And I was like, okay, well, what's the plan? Let's tour. And like, you're like I just the- finished quarantine. Yeah, Let's I just go. Started, I'm ready to tour. <laughs> and then he like legitimately, he looks at me. He says, "Oh, um, my plan is to put you in a five girl TikTok like group for you guys oh. to tour together. Like I'm, I'm forming this like TikTok super group, and." All these girls are like TikTok, like dance girl. Like, oh my god, he DJ, was trying to like, like pop group you. Basically, yeah, like Whoa. a like a K-pop group or something. Yeah. And then he's like, "You're perfect because like everyone else is a DJ and you're the producer. Like you're the producer face of this group." And it's like all these like girls, like 
he showed me this this poster that they made. It's like everyone's like so photoshopped, like super skinny, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. huge eyes. You're like like that's they not even me. At right. This and point. they photoshopped me too. I look like an alien <laughs> on the poster. I was oh like, what gosh. is going on? Like I never signed up to be in this group. I I thought you meant touring by myself. Right. Like, and then he's like, uh, I don't think that you can tour by yourself. Like, you're not, like, that famous. Like, <gasps> like I can only book you as, like, a group. Like, you can't tour by yourself. I was Whoa. like, holy shit, this is, like, bamboozled. Yo. I'm bamboozled. You got bamboozled. Yeah, yeah for really sure. really got bamboozled. Yeah. I was like, this was not in the contract. Like, I can, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, what's Whoa. going on? And then and I, he just kept insisting. He's like, yeah, like, well, there's no tour. Like, there's just no tour. Like, like, you that have to it. join this group or there's no tour. Damn. Oh my gosh. I was like, holy shit, what's going on? That's I'm so, so that's, that's so scary and kind of messed up. It it is. Very messed up. It's like, well, it's kind of like what you human? imagine. Like, you, you know, we. I feel like now we've heard a lot of like K pop lore from since it's right. super popular. It almost feels like that. Yeah, yeah, where people just tell you what you're going to do right. and you're kind of like, okay. This is the kind of random stuff that happens in China or Asia in general. Yeah. Like, occasionally, this kind of scammy things just yeah. happen. Like, yeah. in America, it's very straightforward, and it's, so much of it is meritocracy and, like, yeah. honesty and respect. Like, people right. have well, a basic... different kind of scams, but, yeah. There's different yeah. kinds yeah. of scams. Yeah. Right, Usually, right, it's right. just, like, in the fine print, but... Yeah. Right, um, right. But most yeah. of the time, like, um, like, in America, so far, what I've been experiencing, if someone wants to book you, they'll book you. Like, right. if someone, like, says they're going to do business with you, like, most of the time, they mean it, and they're going to try, at least. Yeah. There's a yeah. little more, I would say, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? But, like, other people will call people accountability. out. Yeah. Yeah. Accountability. Accountability, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Well, they can't we, get away with you that. You can't get away with it as right. much out yeah. here because... Right. Also, like everyone in the industry kind of right. talks. Right, they talk yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's so crazy. Yeah. It's insane. That's and an, that's an like a, a, unbelievable story. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. And I was in a brand new city by myself. I was like, I so have no So did you get friends. like? Did you come straight back? I, and then I like kind of stayed there because I was like, you I did was, the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I did the quarantine. I was like, come on, like twenty one days for this, yeah, like, for a scam. And then wow. I was still working with them too, so it was very like mm. I was under a contract. It's very complicated, like. I was released. I had a release plan with them. I couldn't just like leave, get yeah. up and go. So it was a lot of back and forth with the label manager and mm. other people and figuring out what's going on. And, and then eventually this manager person got fired from the label. Oh. Like, goodbye. Like, yeah, yeah, right. But still, like, I was still not happy. I was like, I'm, I don't know why I'm here. Like, why am right. I in China right now? Like, and then, and then I, I did like that, that lasted for like three months ish. But it was also kind of nice. I worked with a lot of Chinese producers in that mm. time frame. Like, we had a studio space, at least with the label. So I was working with very talented Chinese producers yeah. and got to know some very cool, like, producer people from China. Um, and then uh, eventually, you know, after th two, three months-ish, I left and come came back to LA and I was like, I'm going to start fresh. Like, this is... Let's just pretend none of this happened. Wow. My friends yeah. are from Icon, like, how was tour in China? <laughs> I was like, like that did not happen. We don't want to like, talk about that anymore. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it anymore. Hey, like, a lot has happened yeah. in your career already, yeah, even though no, it's only no, been a few years. It's like, only been a few years. Yeah, you had a viral lot, song. Yeah. You yeah. already got scammed by management Scam, yeah. and Stevie Oki threw a kick I've, at you. I yeah. mean, you're already right. like... That's true. But a lot of people, a lot of my peers have similar scammy management yeah. stories. Well, specifically in, in, Asia. in Asia. No, no. like or just in general. Yeah, well, Europeans, Americans. Like, well, that's what actually I was going to say. Off, yeah, yeah, it's like, not always... Gullible. Yeah. yeah. Management is one of the hardest things to get right the first time yeah, as an artist sure, and as a manager sure. yeah a lot of times as a manager mm. you take on when you're starting out mm. i can say this from my side when i was yeah. used to be you take on the wrong artist too yeah. like oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, the uh -huh. relation i think the problem is is that sometimes in your situation especially management was the problem and is predatory yeah but also like there's like a two-way it's a two-way street mm, yeah. i always think like manager and artist relationships are almost like a room it's it's almost like calling uh -huh. on someone's marriage, you know, because right. it's like mm -hmm. there's two sides. Yeah, it also know? works right. differently for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Like some, each artist is individual, mm -hmm. so like yeah. they work for with sure. people differently. So but now you have mm -hmm. now you have a better you have yeah. a better team, right? And, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Team. I love my team right now. Like, yeah. my team's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Like the first time I didn't get it right, but second time I got it right, and I waited a long time before oh, I I'm signed sure. to anyone. Yeah. I had to make sure. Like I was very careful. I was went through a lot of different kind of managers uh, and kind of did a lot of trail runs yeah. with people and it, like you I know be, 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 because of the first time like I'm way more careful in terms of who I work with now which yeah. is a really good thing I think it's a huge lesson learned in trading yeah. of 
like a three month yeah. like, I know. disaster. I was going to yeah. say, I mean, it's such an interesting, that's a crazy story, but also a really interesting, you know, in response to the question oh, that yeah. I was asking you oh, about, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. when did Chill first feel oh, like yeah, it was yeah. becoming an oh, artist and project? Then I, but... This is so random. This And this is like the petty part too. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> the story has not finished, I guess. No, there's more. Yeah, there's more. And then I was in Amsterdam recently. I was at ADE. I played a show with, with Mastercat ADE. And then, and then at one of the days that in Amsterdam, I bump into this manager. No. Oh my God, <gasps> this guy. And I, I was with my friends and I was walking through a hotel lobby. And then I see someone like, hey, Rachel. And I was like, and then I was, I didn't realize who he was. I was like, hey, what's up? And then I see him. Like, <gasps> and then he was like, tr- was trying to stop me to say hi to me. Like this dude had the audacity oh, no. to try to say hi to <laughs> me, crazy. like, and it was like trying to like stop me to say like to catch up or something. That vibe, and Ooh. I just walked past. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you're like, like in shock. What is going? Like, I you, I cannot man. believe you wanted to talk to me after everything that happened. Like, oh my, god. oh my god, That's the audacity! Crazy. Like, these. Well, how far? Are- look how far you've come. Yeah, Let's just put it That's that true. way. That's you know? true. Oh my god, these people are crazy. He probably was like, oh. some of these people are insane. No, that's a good cautionary tale, though, for yeah. for artists uh, at your level yeah. or, or, or when or just starting out, because right. you know at that time that it happened, you right. had pretty much no experience right. Of it right. in yeah. that sense. But right. now, on the other side of it, you've been pl- you played a show ADE. Right. You played at the Shrine recently, right? Yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. been on that's tour so with uh, Knock Two yeah. and a bunch of other people, right? Right. right. Yeah. So what's what's going on now? What's coming up? Oh, nothing's coming. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Don't lie to us. I'm continuing to tour with some of my favorite producers okay. out there. Like who? Uh, like Halfstract, uh, Dr. Fresh, um, uh, maybe Steve Aoki here and there in mm-hmm. the future. Um, and then working on my own headline show. In, yeah. Yeah, next, early next year. And it's not announced yet, but I guess I can tell people. But, uh, nice. but yeah, like stay, I, stay tuned. This is my yeah. first time, like uh, doing my own stage design and wow. like the whole kind of promotion aspect of it and how I want the show to look and what kind of concept is it. And it will be tied to like a musical project as well, maybe an EP or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I'm working on, spending all my effort on this. So right exciting! Now. That's yeah, great. to do do my own kind of world like build my own world and what would it what a chill headline show look like yeah kind of yeah. vibe so that's that's what i'm working on i'm super excited for oh it. my gosh i'm yeah. excited for you i can already yeah. tell i can already imagine that it's yeah. going to be really fun yeah i hope so i hope yeah. so and like thinking about support too like what other artists can i bring on can i bring more speed house artists onto onto my platform and like how can i help these other artists to get uh, recognition and all that but that's what I'm very excited about is oh my that's gosh. great keep pushing the sound and keep pushing this genre forward yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and well, working on collaborations with different yeah. artists that I can do like a speed house drop and a different drop like a trap drop cool. or a dubstep drop or something so that's I'm very excited to kind of expand yeah, it's so genres. fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's going to be exciting. And I mean, I also want to ask you, you know, you just told us the crazy story about mm-hmm. your first experience kind of going back to China. But like, yeah. would you ever think about going back to China and like mm. bringing your sound and like, I would love to, dance of music course. Sound there? Yeah, yeah, despite all the all the disaster, <laughs> you know, that's it, it, of course, it's kind of on me too to kind of go in solo without any uh, precaution. Uh, I would love to. I think China would love Speed House. And yeah. I do think I have some Chinese fans out there. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I can bring a positive image to, to you know, to Asia, to China in general. Like, there's just not too many female producers in general. Um, I think it would be nice to for the ravers to see there's, like, Chinese girl Hometown hero. Music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not hero, I guess. Yeah. But hopefully inspire a lot of people to start making music too and see like, this is possible. Like, you know, like Asian girls make dance music and perform yeah. like and yeah. have their own yeah. headline shows right, and whole right. projects and everything. Right, right. So I think I, I want to bring like a positive representation, mm-hmm. you know, in chi- into China also. Yeah. Um, well, that's like one region of the world in which we've yet <clears throat> to see a, a lot of uh, artists crossover into mm-hmm. the American or global kind mm-hmm. of In like scene. a really authentic way too. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. Okay. I feel like a lot of artists have tried, but mm-hmm. like yeah. it'd be really cool to see mm-hmm. someone who's from there and who like understand it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah one so day. I'll see. One yeah. day. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, well see. Well, it's going to be really yeah. exciting. And uh, we're just so happy you came through. And uh, 
honestly, just a really interesting story you have. And like <laughs> yeah. all these different- You've lived so many lives already. <laughs> yeah, it's so of, cool, but like, you're still at like the precipice of like more things to come, oh, which is so yeah. exciting. Right, yeah. right. I, I think it's been a very fun journey. And I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that I did finance because now I get to really mm. like see the contract a contrast of two different careers and I really appreciate it like every day I wake up I'm like so happy I'm like I'm so grateful that I get to do this <laughs> instead oh of gosh. this thing yeah. so you know it's 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 a positive it's uh, a good feeling. contrast mm -hmm. yeah great Yay. well thank you yeah. so much Chill, for coming yeah, through thank you guys for having me and uh, yeah. now we know that you're story. named after uh, Rachel. Rachel yeah I know what a good fun yeah. fact uh, yeah. shout out Jose Icon uh, everyone involved here thank and you so much Chill. 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 Chill.